What's up, everybody? Good day, and welcome to the Mike Mantel Podcast. I thank you for joining me on the episode today, and, you know, I truly mean that. Like, it took a lot of courage and, like, determination and uh, belief in myself to launch this podcast and pursue my curiosity in a more sincere degree really, you know, striving to become a professional curious person as part of my unfoldment of purpose along with other projects of mine. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for resonating and that I appreciate your support. So today's guest was a guy named Arshin Nair. And man, I have such good things to say about Arshin. Like, I just loved him. I loved hanging out with him. He was so fun and so uplifting. And like his spirit was so like um, high, like he was like a high on life dude, just brimming with life. And yeah, I had a blast talking to him and I learned a lot too. And it just like felt good talking to him. So I originally met Arshin a couple years ago over Facebook chat. I was helping a friend, Eric Wu, start a company of his. Uh, That company is now called Public Space, which is a dope clothing company. And this was his brainchild, and I worked with him for a bit, but it wasn't the right fit for my life at the time. But anyways, met Arshin on that road because part of what we were doing was pairing artists up and making clothes out of their art. So I met him then and was always, like, attracted to his art since then because he's got this, like, really interesting style. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's, like, a little bit zany, but there's something just, like, deep about it, too. Yeah, I dig his art, and so I decided I wanted to have a conversation with him, and that's what I did, and it was a blast, man. He talked about like him finding his creative style and having many styles that merged into one or two or three, and he talked about like his relationship with the divine and how he really just channels this divine inspired creativity through his art. And I also was able to explore a little bit my own journey when talking to Arshin and thinking about how... There was a long period of my life where it was all about my own spiritual learning and growth. And then there was this shift that happened at one point where I realized part of my sense of purpose was to give back. And just how that's an interesting part of the journey. So check out the episode. I hope you like it. And if it feels in alignment with your preferences, please go to iTunes. And a five-star rating and or a review would be so amazing. I would appreciate it, like, truly, truly greatly. And... I'd like to even offer a trade that if it feels right to you and you believe that it's worth five stars and you give this podcast five stars and or if you write it a review, hit me up on Facebook, let me know, and I want to give you a sincere compliment. I've been practicing the art of complimenting as a theme in my life recently, and I would love to look at your profile, just get a sense of who I think, something I think about you, and then just give you a sincere compliment. So if, if that feels right to you, hit it up. And if it doesn't feel right to you, that's cool too. All right, folks, I will see you in there. Much love. I'm just curious, what's like a live for you and whatever you're contemplating about life right now? Is there, is there kind of a question that's at the forefront for you right now? Man, like, I think, you know, uh, when I actually started my artistic journey, uh, it was crazy because like I was so drawn to uh, the, the, the creative aspect of just being able to express yourself. But sooner I actually discovered that 
it wasn't even the visual aspect or like what i was trying to express it was more about it it was more like some kind of force which really took me into this journey to really contemplate about itself you know like as if the force through me actually wants to contemplate itself and dude like i started like asking i think that is where i would say my my deep uh there was this deep strong urge for asking the most uh spiritual questions really started about you know why are things happening the way they were because a lot of my past actually was pretty fascinating as well before i actually started making art and a lot of the things which were happening uh during those times were really making me wonder whether is anything actually random or is it is there some kind of intelligence at play uh but you know to the logical mind i was always such a big skeptic i was so scientific in my approach i had such a logical rational mindset very very scientific because of the kind of education i went through and um, in contrast to like the spiritual uh you know environment i had grown up in because in india it's very common to be surrounded by uh people who are spiritual religious uh also a lot of influence with like uh, mythology and and you know like the ancient wisdom and the texts so i started questioning about like things about why are this is there something uh, such as synchronicity like this or is this is it all random and but i was like because you know there's so many people here there's so many people in this tiny planet alone so for the mind to be able to process that it's all an intelligence pervading everything doing everything at the core and at the surface was something which was very very difficult for me to digest and so i really wanted to find answers to uh, to really know this because my heart was strongly to the point where it was very clear for the heart uh, energies to to see that it was something much more deeper and something much more it it wasn't just random but my mind was not ready you know like my mind was really really strong psychologically through its conditioning and through all its psychological layers and aspects of identification that it really did not want to make uh, it just wanted to make sense of this physical reality and did not really want to go deeper into the the heart and and just accept things and just surrender to what is that there is this vast intelligence uh, around us and so so i i realized that like my art was always uh this extraordinary uh expressive uh, vehicle or or you know like a ship for me to really go within like it it really took me within where i actually started to meditate more while creating and i and i started noticing that as i was creating more and more i was going beyond my mind i was going beyond uh, the psychological mind which is basically like what i call the bundle of thoughts and emotions and i was tuning into a space which was completely silent and which was uh, completely uh, which which was a which was pure void you know like which was absolutely zero but that the space of zero was not just something which we kind of equate in the linear sense that oh this is zero or this is like nothing but it was more like um, this space of energy which was so vibrant and so brilliant that it's very difficult to really explain it in words but i but i saw that like my art was being like 
as the more I was like uh, creating and the more I was practicing through the years, I started noticing that my art was just not something which was coming out of me, my hands, my head, uh, this body, but it was coming and flowing through uh, another space and another dimension. It, I, I was kind of like a channel, you know, I was channeling uh, these visuals from another realm or, or through the source, from the source. Uh, and not just me, but I started noticing other creative people doing the same thing. Like when I was, maybe they were not aware of this, but when I started noticing other creative people, whether they were dancers or musicians or performers or scientists or thinkers, I started noticing that we're all channeling something else. And we just, it's, it's just this mechanism, which we call the body, which we identify with so much uh, that we think is, it's the combination of the body and the mind, which is doing this. But it's actually some higher force, which is, which is at play, uh, which is using this body and mind as an instrument to, to express itself. And so for me, like that contemplation has been going on and on throughout nonstop. And this is what I actually do. And the art just is a byproduct of that, you know, like the, the visuals you see is just a byproduct of the contemplation. And I just can't stop. Uh, whenever I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about this. And when I'm not thinking, I'm just immersed in its beautiful essence, in its beautiful perfume, you know. So it, it's, 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 it's amazing, man. Dude, yes, that, that was such a beautiful description. So what I was imagining when you were saying that was, I really liked the idea of you being almost like an instrument, an instrument for, I don't know, the universe or like creativity with a capital C to express itself. And something that I thought was interesting is like, so maybe you're expressing yourself or expressing the universe all the time, whether it's through you're making art or just like making a sandwich or something. But I'm curious, like, is there something that feels different to you about making art and like expressing your mastery and using your skills as a vehicle for creativity versus like making a sandwich? Is it, does that make sense? Is there some distinction between art and everything else for you? Mm, uh, you know, like, uh, I think what, what really happens when you are, when you are completely immersed in the creative process is that you basically completely disconnect from uh, the mental torture of uh, past and future and what you need to do right now. You basically come into a space of pure presence or pure being or beingness, you know, you're just spontaneous because what's happening is that everything is unraveling and blooming and you know spontaneously occurring in front of you it's like as if you know like it's, it's it's as if magic is happening you know like you don't know what the next moment is going to bring out and you just spontaneously each moment whatever is unfolding is unf is, is unfolding right in front of you and for me that is the most incredible experience because when we, when i'm in the creative process i just don't know what is going to come out like, because I think for me personally, because my process is very spontaneous and organic and it is just very natural and flowy. I feel that when I'm creating, I just don't know what I'm going to expect or what's going to come out in the next few moments. And so because I'm so in that moment and for any creative person, I think, because everyone's so tapped in that at that particular moment, you and you're completely disconnected from uh, the past, present and your surroundings and everything that it's just it's just like a magical occurrence you know like it's just some kind of unfolding happening and you're like blown away each moment that oh 
wow, this is insane. Like, oh, this is incredible. So you're constantly in awe. While uh, uh, in, in the outside world, when you step outside, when you go out, you, the, the, the awe is there all the time. But the awe is actually not outside, it's inside. But the, the problem is that when you're creating, uh, because it's unfolding at that spontaneous moment and because the mind is so free and so full of clarity, you can see that awe all the time. But to be able to see that awe outside also in like nature or just, you know, when you're in the city or just, just having a beautiful conversation with someone or even having an argument, you basically need to see and experience who you truly are and what everything truly is which is pure intelligence and or pure spirit and then you recognize that man everything is pure or like everything is absolute magic and brilliance you know it's 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 this divinity which is pervading everything and then you see that this this divinity is your art uh, you are uh, an instrument of that divine uh, creation and uh, the art which is coming out is also an expression of the divine creation such as everything else like for example uh, like the building which I see in front of me is also a creative process of uh, human consciousness you know which is a part of the greater consciousness and so similarly the roads the technologies we've built this conversation we are having through uh, these gadgets or even like nature, like where nature or this pure spirit intelligence of, of this planet has created. It's, it's, it's all one consciousness expressing itself in different forms. It's only that like we're completely disconnected uh, or we're probably not aware of all of these at certain times. But when, when you are, like for example, if you are aware about the art you're creating and the, and the process of spontaneous unfolding, then you see that as magic. And when you are aware of the spontaneous uh, unfolding of everything around you, you see that as magic. So I, I guess it's, it's so much internal, like the, the more you look at it from the internal perspective and the more you, you dive deeper into yourself and know yourself as who you are, you see every expression, whether it is created through you or whether it is created through the collective human consciousness as Mm, as the as 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 a creative outcome of 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 everyone's uh, or the divine consciousness, you know, expressing itself in all these forms. So, um, so I, I guess, like in the initial stages, when I was still searching, I was probably not like looking at every aspect like this. Probably not even my own work. But as you go deeper, you start seeing everything slowly and steadily. Uh, more as not just your own um, uh, ex creative expression, but as the creative expression of the divine itself. The way you're describing things, it, it's just painting uh, images in my mind where I feel like I can really experience what you're what you're speaking. And it's it's interesting because in my experience, I can very much relate and understand uh, what you're talking about as far as like everything that's happening is is what feel I don't know you can I can use whatever word but like divinity expressing itself through me but it's interesting because sometimes I'm I'm able to view things that way and sometimes I forget and it almost feels like um a habit like remembering or viewing things that way is like a habit and it's a habit that's like slowly building momentum and taking over which is cool 
so yeah, yeah, I know that you're a visual artist and and there's this interesting thing I think about being an as an artist being a medium for creativity or divinity to flow through you. But there's something interesting too I think about like style. Like you have a very particular artistic style that's different than any other artist I've seen. And if I see like a piece of yours I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's clearly Arshin's work." And it's interesting like for and for me too, like I'm so one of my uh, like pieces of purpose that is calling to me is is coaching, and I've been doing that for a couple of years. And essentially, what that is is just sitting down with the person and interacting with them, and figuring out how to interact with the person in a way that brings them the most clarity and empowerment on their desires. But even though it's an art form, like I'm still the conduit for the art form, so I'm in the process of finding like what is my unique style in that. And I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, I don't know, for you, was there, was, was there a moment when you, like, tuned into your, to your particular style? Or was it, I mean, I'm sure it's a gradual thing for anyone, but I'm just curious if there was a defining moment where it just became clear that your work represented, like, your unique human embodiment and creativity. You know, I've thought about this so many times as well, because it's something which has been such an integral part of uh, not just my journey, but, like, I've, I've had discussions around this with like other creative people as well and i see that you know like for a lot of us who are like uh, professionally trained uh, artists or self-taught artists like me uh, we all have like these unique journeys and like all our journeys have been taking us through you know different crossroads and paths and one of the things which i've come across is that uh, the exploration exploration of style like, for example, me, because when I started, it was something which came out as uh, a space where I could just let out uh, all, all my frustration and all my excitement, you know. And I was so overwhelmed by so so much inspiration around me and outside of me. Like, for example, like if when I was, I remember like when I started creating uh, 11 years back, uh, I was looking at so many of these artists who were doing like... Um, such different styles and I was so drawn to like different styles like whether they were uh, classical artists or like modern or contemporary artists and I was so drawn to like all these different styles of, of visual art or sculptures or even music and I was like man like I, I even want I want to try this and I want to try that and I was trying like so many different styles that like I probably had like 10 different styles of work which I was which I was exploring initially and, and like um I was all over the place and I could see that, but, and I, and I also saw like all these other artists who were just probably doing like, who, who had a, a flair or a style which they were continuously doing and you could clearly see their, 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 their essence in, in their work and you could see that it was their work uh, very distinctively and uh, then I think it came through their own process and through their own journey and probably it came very naturally also to them. But for me, because I was so, uh, excited about so many things and I was getting bored also very easily at that time that I wanted to try out new things and I wasn't sure where, where I was heading to so for me it was more like an exploration it was more like an experimentation to see where I'm heading and it was more of an experiment with like my own uh, my own inner journey so that was coming out in this outer journey reflecting out as my visual uh, work you know and but I think over the years, as I was learning more and as I was, uh, as I was like 
uh, going more deeper into my work as well, I slowly realized that what I was actually subconsciously doing was that these 10 styles were actually fusing and crisscrossing with each other. And they kind of became like six styles from 10, you know, like, um, because they, they, some of these experiments and, and like um, techniques, which I was trying in like different styles were kind of like, I was, I was experimenting between each of them. And they kind of like became uh, like a new style because they were kind of fusing with each other. So I came down to like six styles. And I think over the course of like 11 years, I've kind of, my work has like simplified very much more. I don't know in terms of like techniques, I probably, because obviously like if you keep practicing something again and again and again, your techniques definitely improve. Uh, I think anyone who keeps doing something again and again, it's, it's, bounded, it's bound to happen naturally that, you know, you'll improve technically. But I think what has happened subconsciously is that these styles have fused with each other to become something uh, much more, much more complex. But at the same time, like my, 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 my work has become simpler. Like if I sometimes see some of my older work, I was, I was going crazy, you know, like I was putting so much uh, detailed and like, uh, I, I was, I was absolutely going nuts over it. But over the years, I've, I've just tried to refine my work more, keep it more uh, clear, have more clarity with the detailing and, you know, with the composition and everything. But also what I've noticed that is that uh, all these styles have like fused over each other. So from those 10 styles, it's, I probably now have like three styles of work. And those three styles have a, have a strong similarity. I sometimes don't see that, but like a lot of people I see who uh, see my work outside of social media uh, would just tag me, tag me and say, hey, I recognize your work, Archon, you know, it's so you. And for me, those three styles could be completely different. But I think people recognize that style so much. But then I see that if you look at it deeply, it's all fused into each other. So it's kind of like this pretty fascinating evolution, which happens with all of us, I guess. With me, it, it kind of happened like with this crisscrossing of my own exploration of styles, which kind of like merged into these two or three different styles I've been working on with like illustration and painting and like uh, digital, uh, digital art and mixed media and stuff. But then when I see like some other artists who have been, uh, who had a very strong distinct style and flavor of their own, their work has evolved so much more deeply. And, you know, like the style has evolved as well. So it, it's, it's fascinating to see how each of our journeys are so unique. But at the same time, you just keep exploring all the time. Like till now, like I have this, I love that I have this childlike quality of, of trying out new things. And try or trying out new tools and techniques and things which I've never tried before, um, and and just coming out with unexpected results out of that. And I think that is, I think that is what style is. Uh, uh, you just don't know what you you you're creating. You know, you just don't know what what you what what kind of style you already have, because uh, what you're creating is out of your control. I feel it's just this unique pattern which basically just comes across through this combination of body and mind which I have or which someone else has you know it's just like I, I think it's just like how we have we each have unique fingerprints seven billion people in this planet have seven billion unique fingerprints or seven billion unique faces even twins have like a different set of features and you know patterns and psychological attributes they have uh, so I guess it's 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 amazing how this this intelligence manifests into like 
all this uniqueness that nothing is similar at all. And even if I try and use the same set of paints and colors and pens, the, the kind of work which comes out will be so unique and so me and so, so different. And for me, that, that is what I guess is the most fascinating thing about, you know, this entire uh, space around style, I think. Well, one thing I was just imagining when you were saying the thing about the fingerprints is, God, it's it's amazing that everyone has a different face. Like that, that baffles my mind that no two people look identical, and even people that look similar look very different, which is really weird to me. But it, it made me wonder, like, wow, what would it be like if all however many billion people there will be were all completely pursuing their creative style fully, like? I can't even imagine how different creative styles would look or feel if faces look that different. And I was just trying to imagine what it would even be like to be in a world <laughs> where everyone's like style was like very thoroughly expressed. Man, you know, like, uh, I think the thing is that, um, I mean, this is very clear to me. And um, I feel that like each of us is designed in exactly the way, uh, the exactly the way the, this intelligence or this, the, the supreme consciousness wants to uh, wants to manifest itself so all the seven billion people whatever we're doing so for example you special you specializing in uh your the podcast or i specializing in uh the creative arts or someone else who's creating a road or someone else who's specializing in creating a map is actually perfectly designed to do that specific work you know and it that specific work it never random work which comes out of that that uh, vessel or that person or that being you know it's it's actually exactly perfectly where it needs to be at that right time so it's it's mind-boggling to see this level of intelligence operating in the universe which and we're just talking about this one tiny speck of dust which we call earth and you know just inside this planet itself if you actually see how everything is it's so freaking perfectly tuned and so perfectly placed that it just boggles your mind. It, it's, because the mind cannot comprehend this kind of intelligence. And it just, it's, it just goes crazy thinking about this, that how is this even possible that there's an intelligence in place which places everyone exactly where it needs to be, designs everyone exactly how it needs to be. For example, if you actually see like someone who's uh, you know, uh, doing construction work, if you see the physique, they they exactly built for that, you know, like the face, the tonality, I mean, the way the bo their body actually takes the beating, uh, you know, the, the, their mental structure, the way they 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 maneuver around the construction work, it's 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 crazy, like how that intelligence has actually manifested into that being to be able to do that particular job. It's it's amazing, man, and like it's exactly how these fingerprints are, like how you just said that. How these fingerprints are so unique and how we are all so unique yet at the same time so perfectly designed to do that specific job we have to do like for example recording this conversation so maybe someone else listens to it and i don't know what goes inside them which maybe triggers something which is exactly designed for them to do exactly at that point in time sometimes i'm just struck with just the sheer beauty of how perfect things are of just like the fact that life exists that there's all these people fulfilling these unique roles and i just bask in the perfection of it and at the same time though like 
I recognize that I think a lot of people are not um, stepping, are, are not uh, living life in a way where they are pursuing their expression, the fingerprint of their creative expression. And I think there's a lot of reasons why not. Like, I don't know, there's shame around that and there's fear around that and there's conditioning and um, it can be scary and like you need to forego security sometimes and et cetera. And I'm, I'm curious how you're able to manage the viewpoint that like, um, and the, the, the feeling of like how beautiful and perfect everything is, but, but also while acknowledging that like, and like things like I, I, things do need to change because like people are suffering and um, the world could be more harmonious. Yes. In fact, I feel that, you know, like, uh, like uh, the way we, through a language and through a society, define perfection and beauty in like a, in a positive light is not the way I was actually trying to uh, say this because I feel perfection means uh, when there is a, an incredible balance between uh, the dark and the light. Uh, it's, it's exactly how I would give a metaphor about how we appreciate uh, the day or the, the sunlight when we have darkness, you know, during the night. Uh, or how we appreciate the stars when there's complete darkness because we cannot see the stars during the day. And if you see how that, count, that, that contrast actually creates incredible beauty and the appreciation for, for what its true nature is. And I feel that that is what it is. That is what is true beauty. It's not just when things are positive or when things are like going good or is what beautiful or perfection is. I feel that perfection and beauty is when things are as it is. But I think when you look at it from the point of the source, uh, then I feel everything is absolutely perfect. For example, when you were talking about like how a lot of people struggle through their daily lives or not are not happy, uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of know what they want to do, which gives them release or gives them relief or happiness through their creative expression. And then there are so many of us who don't even know what, how, you know, what, what they need to do to find their core, to find what makes them happy. And they're stuck in this rat race, you know. But I feel that even that is so perfectly designed because if you see everyone over here has a role. Like, for example, if there's a banker and he's completely, he's sitting on behind his desk and, you know, doing banking transactions, it looks like a very tedious job and he might not be happy. But I think it's the way that person is trying to, to, to be exact at that point. Because if that, per, if that being is not there, someone's transaction she's doing will not go. Even that struggle that person goes through, as in the frustration of finding something which gives him happiness, is also so perfectly designed. Because it acts as a contrast for that person to really find that, ah, oh, I'm not happy. I want to find something which really, really connects with me whether it is traveling or whether it is being with my family or whatever. And I actually want to do that. And that contrast acts as such a big motivation for that particular being in his or her journey. So I feel that it's so amazing because if there was no contrast, we would not be even having this conversation. It's because of these, these so-called problems or so-called issues, which we all face uh, is, is that we find the motivation to create because Otherwise, we would just be lazing around and just be chilling and just be content with everything. But it's because we want, because there is pain and there is suffering, not just for us, but for others, which we feel. Because obviously, we have to feel suffering for others because we are the same. Uh, it, it, it's some kind of motivation which triggers something in someone 
which makes that person do something you know and that is where it takes and it, and again it's it's perfectly designed by this high intelligence that it has to manifest in physical form to be able to do this otherwise there was no need for it to manifest in physical form I was reading this incredible story about um i don't know if you heard of j krishnamurthy yeah 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 i don't know his work very well but but yeah i've come across him there awesome so he was like a, a, a spiritual master a, a big an amazing philosopher and he so there was a test done I, i forgot the name of the celebrity so she was a female actress i think and they both were shown uh, a tv clip of whales being slaughtered i think it was happening in the 19s 70s or 80s where whales were being like slaughtered in bulk uh and what j krishnamurthy did he was a big philosopher and you know a spiritual master he got up from his seat and he just switched off the tv and he just went off you know he just switched off the tv and he went off because he could not bear to see it and what the actress or the celebrity did she was she saw the entire thing she was so she was so shocked and she was so moved by it that she started this entire movement to ban whale slaughtering so for me it's amazing to see the two people one being a spiritual person who was so deeply connected saw so much suffering and could not bear it and knew that he could not do much about it because that is the way he or she is designed to do, to to perceive life that could not bear the pain so just switched off the tv the other person in 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 the hand, in the other hand was designed to be a celebrity knew that i had this massive reach and connections and made and had the got the motivation to actually go ahead and ban sl- uh, slaughtering through her own influence and that is how she or she was designed so i guess this is what is fascinating that we are all designed in the way we have to function and whether it is good or bad or negative or positive it's absolutely exactly how it has to be and they all work with each other like equations you know they all work with each other like some kind of equations coming together which is incredible i i like that idea that like each human th- those two people krishnamurti and whoever the lady was it's not that either of their response was like right or better it was just that like their human their human's expression um manifested in different ways and gosh that's such a refreshing thing for me to think about because i find like whenever i get, find like a new um uh, like my world view or i find it uh, develops or i find a new philosophy or i find like a new thing that works really well for me i automatically go to this place where i'm like everybody needs to do this and that's that's happened to me so many times <laughs> yes exactly and, and and that is how, and that is exactly how you are you are designed by by this high intelligence to operate at this time i mean maybe that energy which you create and that 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 kind of motivation which comes through you maybe like when you when you do this it reaches out to say for example say 20 people and of that maybe two people get influenced you know so maybe you were designed to do this and i mean i was the same like i think like 7 8 years back i was so like sometimes i used to get so moved by something i used to go crazy you know because i knew i had a i used to i have an influence so i can do that but now i'm just like i just don't care you know like i in the sense, i care but like i'm not in the way that you know i just want to like throw my opinions on someone or make them or shake them and say hey do this do this i'm i think i'm more 
I think I'm more accepting now of the fact that okay, this is how it is, and if something touches me, I would rather you know uh, do something about it in my own level through my art or through my work, have some kind of impact uh, about it, or you know just let it be. I think it's more of an acceptance than just trying to. It's it's weird. Like I I feel I feel that you know like maybe this at at this point in my own journey. This is how I am now, and it's it's amazing that even though, like I I see like all, some of my friends around me also, are so like are so like uh, motivated by or so excited by like racism or like issues around racism or feminism, and uh, this this I mean it's something which is which they're so passionate about, and for me uh, I mean like when they discuss it with me I just see it. As this amazing beauty of uh, of this higher intelligence, that the way it manifests into all of us, such diverse ways of expressing itself, and the way each of us is designed to do that particular thing, you know, at that particular moment, like for example, if you are motivated by and excited by something which is disturbing you, of say a worldview or a political situation, and you know your energy could like be an outburst for so many of others. Who could take that worldview and you know your opinion or your perspective, and maybe support you in that in your journey, and that could change lives of so many other people. And this is what it is like this collective consciousness, which probably looks through uh, like if you see it uh, like in a time by time basis, it looks like it's happening through an individual scale, but it's actually happening in a, in a in a collective scale, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, gosh, the one interesting part about what you said too is like that you ha, you you've your way of expression has evolved or changed. I think evolved is a better word. Where now you're in like a place of feeling acceptance as your expression, instead of like I don't know, maybe you used to get riled up or whatever. And that's what I think is really fascinating too. Is like my current form of expression is like yeah, I still get like super riled up about stuff and like want to spread things, and that might not be my expression forever. But the only way it'll change, I think, I mean, it'll change on its own, but it, it just feels so important that what to fully buy in to whatever my form of expression is right now, knowing that it very well might change and evolve. But like right now, this is what it is. And I, I just feel such like um, the importance of completely opting into whatever my current expression is, which gives it the permission to like move, move and in, in, in evolve itself. Uh, you know, like I think the the reason I I I actually think I've become more accepting now, personally, is because I've come to an understanding where it's very clear for me that nothing which we do uh, in our own journeys is done by us. Like there is for me, I, I it's for me it's very clear that there is no free will, that there is only the will of the divine, and it's just one being, it's one consciousness. Uh, which is the supreme intelligence, supreme intelligence pervading everything, including each of us, which is doing everything. And this, after you come to this recognition, you clearly know that you know, like you are not in control, and whatever is in your control or whatever needs to be done through you will be done through you, you know, spontaneously. Uh, uh, it'll 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 charge you up at that moment, and you you'll do what needs to be done through you. And you know, just like worrying or being too stressed about something is not going to do anything. It doesn't mean that you know I have just become lazy or you know I've just become like um uh you know what do you say like uh, not compassionate towards like issues 
of course like it disturbs me when you know i see violence and like when i see hatred and stuff but i've come to a point where i clearly see that it's just not act it's it's not something which is happening in, in an individual scale this is a design of a higher intelligence it might look brutal at some point but there is uh the brutality probably is required it's it's a contrast to for us to wake up to a higher truth because i think we humans are like a lazy a lazy species we won't do things until this uh you know we feel the need or the urge when we feel that oh we're going to lose out on something you know uh and that we have to fight for our survival and i think that is the way the nature has designed this dual play this dualistic play that it needs that uh it's such an important part of the 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 this this law of how it operates in this form in this experiential uh play of forms you know where um you need some kind of contrast and for me i think it's not about uh you know being lazy or not being affected by this it's more about once you understand that there is a higher intelligence at play and it is the one which is doing everything and it is in control of everything and that you have no say or uh, you know you have no will of doing anything and uh, you just you just accept everything as is and then you just flow with it and then whatever comes to you spontaneously you just react out instead of being so burned in your and so exhausted in your psychological mind that you constantly think ah oh, i want to do this and oh i want to change this or oh, i want to do that and like no it won't happen because i feel that the greatest change which can which we can truly truly contribute to the society is our own inner peace so until unless i'm at peace with myself if i'm not content with myself and if i'm not at peace with myself i really cannot find or change or find peace in, uh, in the outside world you know if i say if i am not peaceful from inside and if i say that oh i want to bring peace outside it's not going to happen i'm i cannot for any it's impossible for me to go and change and bring peace in someone else's heart they can only bring peace in their own heart through their own experience and how does that happen through these contrasts you know through all these experiences that one goes through and through my own journey like if i am at peace myself then through that peace i can actually in uh, like my the presence of my peace can and will only influence others presence you know like when someone comes in my energy field can they really really see that if i am at peace and then they inquire about you know where is this emanating from and then they go inside so i think we cannot force uh peace uh compassion outside until this we truly find it inside and once we find it inside then it automatically emanates from us i i'm totally with you like i really do think that any way that i don't know so as a human i'm going about the world and i'm i'm having impact just by my very nature of being and by the things that i create and the projects i have and the way i interact with people and the businesses i build or whatever all of that has this rippling effect in ways i can't even perceive and i think that it all really does come from like some my i guess my intent would be one way to look at it or my state of being like everything that i'm rippling outward i think ultimately comes from the state of whatever i don't know the state of my heart or the state of my consciousness or or whatever though i i i do think like at least for me it felt like a trap that i fell into at one point where i was very when i i first had um 
I guess I could call it a spiritual awakening in 2013, where I read, it was pretty remarkable actually, but I just read, I read The Power of Now. Uh, my mom just put that book on my bed randomly. And it was, it was just, it was strange. Like right when I read it, like my perspective immediately shift, uh, immediately shifted. And, and then I got really curious to investigate internally. And so I, I essentially like left society and just started living in spiritual communities and just really trying to dive inward. And it was a really beautiful period of life. But I also had this sense that like, I can't go back to the world and give anything until I've really cultivated my inner peace. And while I did believe that was true, there was a way in which I was like um, constructing a barrier for myself where I didn't feel like I was ready. But there was like never a point where I was going to feel like I was ready, I don't think. And there was a certain time where I just like had to like let it rip, go back into the world and give my, explore my offerings and like just, just also be okay with the fact that like, I'm not enlightened. Like I'm a dude who's just like trying to figure it out and like doing my best to, to have, to have positive ripple effects, but also acknowledging that like I, my ripple effects are a mixed bag because I, as a human am a mixed bag also. Yes. I I feel that, you know, this is the thing that I think in this experiential play of forms and dualism where this divine intelligence is having uh, this, this incredible, you know, experience in, in this physical reality through humans and through animals and through planets and, you know, galaxies and whatever. I think, you know, like, I feel that the universe is already enlightened. It's just that through our identification, we seek enlightenment. We, we are actually seeking ourselves. But we are already ourselves. We are already the universe. We are already the spirit. But the thing is that because we are not experiencing ourselves as a spirit, for the mind it becomes very difficult to really understand uh, that we are already spirit. The mind is like, no, I am the body and I am the mind and I am this identity, you know, and I am all this. And the other person is this other person. But we are already that. So, I mean, we are already enlightened. And so where do we have to find enlightenment? It's already there. Like, And that's the... I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But when you're actually trying to experience it, it's such a it's such a paradox because you're like how like how, how it's so easy to say oh I'm the universe I'm consciousness but how do you experience it and for me that was like the most uh, incre- uh like that was something which was really troubling me because when I started seeking uh, like say 11, 12, 11 or twelve years back I one of the most important things uh, which came up was that philosophically or intellectually I was understanding all of this. And, you know, like I was coming across all the teachings and like my own self-inquiry and meditation and everything which I did, like uh, I was understanding it all intellectually. But when I was being tested uh, in real physical life, when pain comes or when suffering comes or when issues come or when problems arise, I go back to I go back to the normal mode of identity and then I forget about everything spiritual. I forget that the other person is the same consciousness as me. And then that the other person, I start hating it or uh, judging that person, etc., etc. And all the conditionings just hit back because everything was understood intellectually by the same psychological mind, which now uh, during those situations react through its own convenience. It forgets about all of these oneness and philosophical beautiful words, and then it just reacts uh, through its subconscious. 
um, memories and you know habits. And for me, that was like, man, like I was like, dude, like th- this, this is not the way. Like you know, if if there is truth and if there is uh, something which is deeper and if there is something which I'm really trying to find, it cannot be understood intellectually. Like there, it has to be an experience. But how do you experience it? You know, it's the paradox because the experience of truth is actually very simple. But the the seeker is so complex because of the way it's designed, because of how the mind is so complex. You know, we are, we are, we're all layers of these thoughts and memories and stories which we have created over ourselves and identify with it so much that it's very difficult to find. It's like we are an onion peel. We are, we are, sorry, we are, we are like an onion, you know, where... You need to like shed out all the peels first to really get to the center of your being. So the, the, the layers of the onions are actually the layers of the psychological conditioning and the body and the mind and the identification, which we have collected all these years through language and through society and through education. And to peel them doesn't happen overnight. And it requires constant observation, self-inquiry, dedication practice effort and when you uh shed out all the uh, tears uh when all the tears flow out uh because of the uh, you know the 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 craziness of the onion uh onions you know what do you call the flavor of the onion when all the tears come out and when the peels peel off you realize that you were always there the onion's core was always there it was never outside it was inside and that is the crazy thing that we are always looking at enlightenment or, you know, what we're trying to find or seek is always outside. But it's not outside, it's inside. But through words, it sounds very simple and sounds very plain and boring. But when you actually experience divinity in all and everything, it is like seeing reality through a different lens. You know, everything is still the same, like you're seeing people and birds and animals but they all are filtered through a separate lens and they all look magical after that because then the mind is not operating from this you and me split point of view the subject on the object it's all operating from one perspective that i i am that's it's everything is i you know and it's it can only be experienced it cannot be it cannot be said it cannot be imparted it cannot be directed it cannot be taught you have to experience it and the experience only comes at the right time uh, when it has to there has to be that urge i feel dude yeah that that onion metaphor is uh really really striking me actually and gosh it makes me think of so many different things but like one thing yes i love that concept that like the layers of the onion are so part of the metaphor the layers of the onions are constantly peeling and yeah, for me, like, I was just in a life circumstance, like, maybe three weeks ago, where I, I hit a financial roadblock that I, I had never experienced before. And all of a sudden, like, my, um, my, it was like my, my stories just, like, my onion just got, like, five more layers immediately. <laughs> like, it, it, just, it was just, like, all these, like, I just started identifying, oh, like, as all these problems I had and this, per- and it was just, like, it, it was actually pretty incredible. Um, and actually, funnily enough, the thing that, like, really helped me get um my onion more or less uh back into peeling was uh was christian rock actually christian rock i'm i really like christian rock because even though i don't identify as a christian 
nor do I really have a relationship with Jesus, they're all um, speaking about surrender. They're speaking about just like having this absolute trust that like everything is perfect. And like they're, and it was really beautiful. I was just really resonating with the lyrics and it allowed me to really trust, trust myself, trust my situation. And it was just like the onion uh, layers just kind of fell back off. And there was, there was also an experience I had recently where, I mean, I find psychedelics, including cannabis, really fascinating because sometimes I'll get glimpses at like the core of the core of my onion of, but also sometimes I'll get glimpses of like, so the other day I was camping with a friend, a really old friend, and I'd, I'd smoked some cannabis and I wanted to communicate more vulnerably and share more intimacy with this friend. But he was such an old friend that like, um, we had all of these really old, like rigid ways of relating that were in pl- like, kind of like family. Like we had all of these old narratives in place and it was like, I was this, I was a human with desires. I wanted to communicate more intimately, intimately with him, but it just felt like I couldn't in that moment. Like I had an edge that I couldn't cross, but there was something beautiful where I was, I was able to like, be like, okay, this is what's happening to my human. Like my human has a desire and there's fear and my human can't cross that desire. And like, that's fine. And it just really felt like this. I got a, like an x-ray vision of my onion where I saw that I had onion layers and I was okay with the layers. Like the layers were there, but I still saw the core also. And it was such a cool experience of like recognizing that I don't need to peel all of the layers of my onion in order to like get to the core. It, that like you're saying, the core is always there. And, and I, I can see that with the layers sometimes. Yes, exactly, bro. And like, um, I think like uh, something which you just said about, you know, like collecting all of these things. I mean, for me, it's fascinating that of course, it's there's one uh, aspect to the physical reality, which is just forms, you know, like all these complex forms we see, which is so intricate and so perfectly designed. And then each form has all these, you know, billions of stories and layers and like amazing, you know, like details, which is happening beyond form, which is happening in the uh, in this, in the scale of memories and, uh, and emotions and feelings, which are so deeply woven and intricately spinning along with the forms. So for like example, like the human condition, we of course had this in- incredible, you know, creation of nature with give, given, we have been gifted with this amazing body and mind and like, uh, amazing abilities to perceive reality, to contemplate reality. At the same time, we have this amazing intimate relationship with our emotions, with memories, with stories, with feelings. And each person has their own journey uh, with all these layers uh, stacked on top of each other. And so it's amazing to see how this one consciousness manifests into all these beings, not just like with incredible forms, but with all these fascinating stories and layers of memories and and you know emotions and feelings which come along with each uh, with, with these forms and to me that's like the most mind blowing part that it's just not the the physical aspect it's the subtler aspects the subtler aspects of the mind uh, it's the subtler aspects of memories uh, of of feelings of like past memories and you know stuff like that it's it's crazy man like it's such an intelligent the system 
that it's beyond our comprehension to even understand or, or contemplate, you know. But at the same time, there's no other uh, urge or no other more excitement to be able to contemplate this reality. Yeah, well, Arjun, we're reaching about time here and I just wanted to, well, for one, I just wanted to um, reflect to you how enjoyable it's been to be um, in your presence and to be relating with you. You have such a beautiful, like, um, <laughs> awesome. yeah, you, you have such a beautiful, like, wonder, wonder for life and, like, the amazement of existence. And there's something about your um, way of being where I just felt so comfortable to be myself and to express my journey. So I just wanted to thank you for, um, just wanted to thank you for being you, <laughs> is, is what I'm saying. Uh, oh, man, thank you so much for resonating with my work and, uh, you know, like, for such beautiful words, bro. And I I actually think that the reason we feel such deeper connections is because I mean it's so clear that we are one. Like there's no there's no doubt about that. And it's not physical. I mean, of course we we look we are like different bodies for sure in the physical scale, but in the subtler aspect, it's one life. It's one life expressing in different forms. You know, and this life which is me and this life which is you comes from the same source. So there's no like separation and that is the reason we feel this this incredible beautiful connection. Totally. And there are some there are some connections where it's easier for me to feel the lack of separation and this was one of them. Yes. And and I think you know for you it's it's such a such a such an incredible platform and opportunity that for you you meet such amazing incredible people that you'll be interviewing, you'll be like speaking to and having discussions. And for your own personal journey and your own growth, that will be such an incredible uh, trip. And, you know, this, this experience which you are gaining through, through these conversations is absolutely priceless, you know. Uh, and this is, this is yeah, amazing. Totally. It's, I'm, I can't even tell you how psyched I am of just being able to talk to, like, just really interesting, wise people and resonate with their perspective. It's been, yeah, even though the journey is just beginning already, I'm, I'm, I'm just so psyched about it. So I wanted to ask you one more question that like who, which, which, uh, who's, who's uh, a speaker apart from me, <laughs> who, who, who you're really excited in talking to or had you had a, uh, who you had a very uh, uh, fascinating conversation with or are you looking forward to it? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me, um, so I've had two conversations before this. I'm launching the podcast hopefully in a couple of weeks and, um, Hopefully in about two weeks with, but I wanted to launch with four episodes. But yeah, first guy I talked to was a, he was a non-dual teacher and he teaches at a Buddhist uh, organization in New York. That was really cool. Like it was really, it was cool to just immerse myself. And he had such an analytical approach to like, um, to transmitting the messages of, or like uh, ex the experience of non-duality. So that was really awesome. And then the last guy I talked to is uh, his journey is to fuse the worlds of spirituality and business. And he ha he travels like a really, I guess I could say tantric path and re really like works on excavating the shadow and seeing how he can use that. He he's a really fascinating, insightful guy. So that was also really, really cool. And tomorrow I'm talking with a lady named Shasta Nelson, who's specialized in friendship and intimacy and I know she's Christian also and I'm, I'm I'm really fascinated with Christianity so I'm really curious to explore like 
how her spiritual life has impacted her pursuits in understanding friendship and loneliness. You know, like my my own journey has been like very, very deeply rooted with non-duality or Advaita. And when I was actually doing like studying and doing my own self-inquiries, I I noticed that like Christianity has been actually a non-dual, you know, like when Jesus was actually there and when he was talking to like people and, you know, doing his satsangs and stuff, he was actually talking about the one source, which is, uh, which is pervading all, you know, and this awareness, which we all are. Uh, And when he was talking about this, then like people, of course, like misinterpreted a lot of the things and when books were written uh, or, or the Bible was written, when you actually read like verses from them, it, it's so clear that he was so he was so direct with the non-dual experience. Like he was, he's clearly talking about that and Christianity in its core is non-dual like in its teaching. It's just that like, or even Hinduism, you know, but it's just that some of these words or stories are like slightly... Uh, exaggerated or has to have to be metaphorical to be able to uh, to be able to understand first in a dualistic sense and then translate into a non-dualistic sense. So it's it's amazing that you have you find this uh, beautiful connection with Christianity because I feel that Christianity is all non-dual. Yeah, I, I I haven't investigated Christianity, but like I just I've had a hunch that what you're saying um, is what I will find. Though I, I have to admit, though, also like one of my a fear of mine that I've had is having a Christian awakening. That's I, the reason I'm afraid of that is because like I don't know when people have Christian awakenings, it's like uh, they they can't plan it. Just like any awakening, you can't plan it; it just happens. But with Christianity, it seems like something happens with people where their world completely shifts, and then like all of a sudden, like they've been saved, and and their worldview is Christian and. There's something about that that I find both fascinating and also terrifying too. So, to be- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so funny actually. <laughs> but I th- I, that's crazy, man. Like how, like uh, you know, we can all have these different experiences, but all these different experiences are actually taking us to the one source, which, which, which is the which is the true uh, reason we are all here as human beings, because we are all beings which are self-aware. And the, we are, we only we are the only creatures on this planet to be able to have this ability to be aware of itself and to be aware of this awareness, and that's the special thing that you know that's that's the reason we are all here to be able to see what this universe is. No other creature is able to contemplate this. You know, uh, we we have this dubious mind which which can actually do that. Cool. Well, Arshin, where um where can people find you or your work? Uh, I'm everywhere, bro. Like, so my website, uh, my Instagram mostly. I'm active on my Instagram mostly. Uh, then, like, uh, Facebook, of course, uh, my Facebook page. It's all uh, at the rate Arshin Nayar. And I'm on Twitter or everywhere on social media. So, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter are, are the best three places and my website. Hey, friends. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this episode. I know that I sure had a blast with it. If you enjoy this podcast, please head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. I'm offering an exchange right now where, if it feels in alignment for you to give this podcast five stars, then send me a message on Facebook, let me know you did it, and then I'll sit down, take some time to grok your profile, and I will write you a thoughtful and sincere compliment. Truly, please take me up on it. And if this episode touched on something you think a friend might find titillating, pass it on to them too. 
And I just want to say, I bring my utmost sincerity to each of these conversations, and I really do want to spread vibes and information that cause people to reflect and deepen and just live a more honest, kind, and vivacious life. Because I really believe that the state of the world needs everything that we can give it. It needs people to be at full capacity. It needs people to be living their life fully and giving their greatest positive impact to humanity. And so if I can just flick over one domino with this podcast that flicks over a couple more that lead people into living their life fully and giving back to the earth, then by Jove, man, I will be a happy dude. So trying to do my part here and any help, love, and support, I would just so greatly appreciate. And at the very least, I am super appreciated that you listened to this episode and much love, folks. I'll see you next time.